But uh, this time, if you'll turn your Bibles to Joshua 24, verse 15. Joshua 24, verse 15. Give everybody a second to turn there. Joshua 24, verse 15. Just giving everybody time to turn there. Everybody gets on me and dad for getting on it too quick. Joshua 24, 15 says, And if it seem evil unto you, serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father, father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, again we just praise your holy name. And Lord, uh, thank you for this sanctuary. And I mean that in every essence of the meaning of sanctuary, that we can come here together and fellowship feel your spirit and to come together as a family in this beautiful church you've given us. Lord, I just pray that you will lead us. God has directed us in your word, Lord. Let the words edify and equip the listeners and most importantly, let it glorify you. Lord, just praise your holy name. Thank you for your grace and goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, you know, one thing I try, I've been really trying hard to do is to steer away from politics as much as possible. In fact, we've had several people leave the church. They said me and Dad uh, were being too political. So I've really, I have earnestly and honestly have tried very hard not to enter in politics for that very reason. But there are occasions when politics does arise and we need to see what God's Word says about certain things. And if it offends you, and you can either melt like a snowflake or pick yourself up by your bootstraps and just carry on. That's all I know to tell you. So, but uh, hopefully it won't offend. Hopefully it will edify and equip as I was praying, and, and you will find it well. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Donald Trump, regardless how you feel about him, he was, one of the, he was the first president to attend the rally for life. And he signed an executive order for religious liberty. Now, it's very important that he said that... Uh, by signing that, he didn't want the government to interfere or try to tell pastors what to say or intervene with the church in any way. And uh, that it, it be, having religious liberty is is a very, um, uh, uh, I got here in a second. Historically, we have religious liberty and it should not be defied. Of course, I'm paraphrasing exactly what he said. You know, but you contrast that with our last sitting president, uh, Barack, and uh, he put into place H.R. 5, which is uh, he wanted to hinder religious liberty. He wanted to make sure that those in Christian schools could not play against those in public schools and sports if they didn't allow same-sex, uh, recognize same-sex relationships or transgenders or things of that nature. Uh, that he wanted girls to be able to share uh, dressing areas in the gym with boys who identify as girls, and uh, I mean, you know, so you see the polar opposites between the two. One, you can tell, love her country, another one seeks to destroy it. Now, whether you, whatever uh, area of the spectrum you fall in, that's, you know, that's your business, but, you know, I can't help but point out the facts. You know, you, you, you vote and pray and, and you do what you feel you need to do, but I, I, you cannot dispute those facts between the two. 
But uh, the one thing I found very interesting that uh, that's really kind of that, that led me to doing uh, this teaching this morning uh, was back in August 24th, uh, the Democratic National Convention had put into place that they wanted to recognize non-theism. They wanted to recognize non-believers as their largest supporting group who identified more with their beliefs, and uh, they wanted to recognize that. Of course, the, uh, uh, the Freedom from Religion Foundation, they were very excited about it and, and felt like uh, uh, they needed to uh, uh, pursue that and recognize that, that everything is based on science and not religion, and that uh, they wanted to make, sure, make it a point that Christians were no longer the loudest speaking voice, and they were very happy that uh, that was uh, uh, being passed and pushed through that a non-believing group was recognized. And in fact, they were even, even talking about how not only how this was an attack um, and a front on Christianity, but uh, even demonstrated, remember how three times they denied Jesus uh, in their one of their conventions. 2016, they heckled a pastor for praying. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, most likely they, uh, because they try to say that we're not a Christian nation, those who want to rewrite history. And uh, so, yeah, I'm sure that non-believers do fit in well with their beliefs. I mean, if you're for every ungodly, immoral, same-sex, abortion, all that stuff, then, you know, you're in the right group. You know, like I said, this, this may offend. This is not something I really want to speak on this morning. I'll be quite honest with you. The Lord has led me to, to speak on this. I'd, really did, I'd rather preach something that's fun and exciting and get you all riled up and this may get you riled up and maybe not in a good way or it could be or a bad way. But anyway, you know, when you look at religious liberty, uh, you know, our people try to say, these revisionists try to say that our, our, our country was not founded in Christian, the Judeo-Christian ethic. And, but that is really far from the truth. If you look, get down to the heart of the matter and look at it. Now, we have to understand that uh, when you look at our nation's leaders, uh, like George Washington, uh, he was a Christian. He was a nominal Christian at best. And then you have people like Thomas Jefferson and... Uh, who, uh, and even Ben Franklin, Ben Franklin was a, 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 I think he was an Episcopalian, I want to say, I don't know if that's right or not, but I know Thomas Jefferson, he didn't, and Ben Franklin like, didn't want to um, uh, have a Trinitarian view. They wanted to take away from the deity of Christ. They wanted to take away the miraculous. And, uh, but now you have people like Thomas Paine who, uh, who wrote uh, articles, things against Christianity. He wasn't, uh, was a Christian at all, but the majority of our founding fathers were of a Christian faith. But even those who were not had the general idea to take what is in the Bible and apply it to our Constitution. I mean, that can't be enough. You see, you see things like God, Creator, and things like that. You can't help but notice that uh, there's no, no way to deny that our country was based on Christian values. Now, with that said, we, not, we are not a theocracy, all right? And we don't want that, all right? We don't want state-funded pastors because then they're going to be compromised. They're going to be compromised between uh, those that they teach and those who feed them. All right, they're going to, they're, The government's going to tell them what they need to preach and what they need to say. And that's the very thing that Donald Trump was trying to get away from with our religious liberty is that they cannot. I mean, if you think about California, they were trying to pass a law that where pastors could not speak out against same-sex relationships. In fact, all these people who claim to be tolerant, they, they want to take out this well, one thing that they wanted to push out there was to take away, uh, uh, to say that uh, same-sex relationships is a sin. Now, they want to come after us as Christians in regards to that. And so, um, you know, so we have a fight on our hands as Christians. You know, used to, uh, the Christian 
uh, think of the Bible Belt, so to speak, was uh, so fundamentally strong, it discouraged a lot of behavior, uh, good or bad. There's a lot of people who wanted divorce and didn't because they didn't want the, the scrutiny and the uh, backlash that would happen if they had it. And so I think there's some good and bad aspects that, that helped keep that in play. But, uh, you know, anymore, it seems that uh, as Christians, we are pushed more and more back into a corner and if we speak out against something that we find that is immoral, we're automatically considered bigoted, we're automatically considered the freaks, we're automatically considered hate-filled. And, and you know, not, there's nothing wrong with speaking against something that is contrary to the Word of God. Absolutely nothing whatsoever. We need to do it kindly and lovingly, obviously, but we need to be bold when it comes to the things of Jesus Christ. And I think that's a problem with so many Christians, they have become nominal. You, there's no distinction between them and the world. In fact, in fact it is, it's, the sad part is too many Christians fit too comfortably in the world when it comes to politics, uh, movies they watch, or television they watch, or whatever it is that may be. There's a lot of times you don't see that distinction between Christians and those who are in the world, and that's not a good thing. We need to make sure that we are distinct from this world. Our citizenship is in heaven, all right? We, we live here, but our citizenship is truly in heaven. That's where we need to keep our eyes focused. But at the same time, we need to make a voice loud and clear. And it's sad that you see uh, that so many churches empty. We see a lot of empty views this morning. Uh, but yet, uh, you see theme parks and bars or, or casinos, they're all filled with the brim. But, you know, it's, it's very interesting that there's so many countries out there who uh, are so oppressed. You know, just fact, within the last week uh, in Nigeria, there's a pastor, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, I want to say it's Amini. Um, these uh, Muslim extremists captured him, held him hostage. When he had to go on uh, video uh, as a hostage, he still praised God's name, and they beheaded him. All right, you know, it's very interesting that how history has shown Christianity throughout time that when there is religious liberty. See, no other country uh, has religious liberty like the United States has. That's actually written into the Constitution as we have. And, um, you know, so when you have that kind of freedom, it's very interesting how many of uh, people take that for granted and they allow secularization to infiltrate the church in their minds. Uh, yet in places where Christianity is most oppressed, that it spreads like wildfire. You know, in fact, one, one statement said that um, it is like, you know, the light shines brightest in the darkest areas. And so, you know, it, it's, we don't need to take that for granted. We don't need to, uh, 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 so many people, they, they find every excuse not to come to church, or find every excuse not to read their Bibles, find every excuse not to spend that time in prayer, find every excuse. We need to appreciate what we have. It can be taken away just like this. I mean, you understand that, that all, we're only one presidency away from everything being taken away from us in a heartbeat. And uh, if you, I mean, literally, uh, if you cannot see it, we are at the state's government relation. It's not about liberal versus conservative, all right? It is a matter of good versus evil. That's just, uh, just how it is. And so we need to be very aware of that. And regardless how society feels about us, we still have to stand true to the Word of God. We, have, we will stand before God the Father and give an account for our actions and how we handle ourselves on this earth. Are you showing yourself to be the light of the world? Are you showing yourself to be the salt of the earth? Are you showing yourself to be a Christian, standing up for what is right, for what is true, or are you just nominal? Are you just apathetic? Are you just complacent? Are you just going through the motions of being a Christian? Are you standing out in some shape, form, or fashion? That religious liberty is very precious to us. 
And so many times, and of course, one thing that, that everybody wants to throw in your face uh, when it comes to our liberties uh, is uh, separation of church and state. That's one thing they want to push out and throw out to silence us every time. But, you know, as many of you realize and understand, that is not in the Constitution. All right, you understand that. That was penned by Thomas Jefferson. And that was the very point was for the government not to interfere or impede with our free right to uh, worship. And, and that's the very thing they want to do. We don't want an overreaching government. We want to keep our freedoms intact. And uh, that's, the, that's the one thing that, uh, uh, that was pinned was that uh, uh, Congress can make no establishment of a religion, all right, or the free exercise thereof. Now, I don't know if I probably say that correctly, but you get the point of what I'm saying here, that, uh, that we are not to uh, have one particular religion to uh, rule everything. And so when they throw that out there, they're using that erroneously. That's why we have this freedom from religion foundation that threatens everybody if they want to have prayer at a graduation or at a ball game or something like that. They come down and want to call, uh, do lawsuits. So now schools are forced to decide or wherever it may be, public uh, setting, they have to decide as to whether it's worth the fight or just to let it go. And sadly, so many cave in. Uh, Wednesday night I was talking about how I was bullied a lot growing up. And uh, the only way you can stand up to a bully is, I mean, the only way you can stop a bully second, is to stand up to him. And I've had to do that time and time again. It's not fun and usually it comes with some pain, but you've got to do it. But and I think that's one thing too many Christians are too quick to roll over and show their bellies and uh, not stand up to these individuals. This Freedom From Religion Foundation started in 1976. Uh, Gaylor was her name and uh, her and her husband, I can't remember his name now, but that's, uh, you can always look that up, no big deal. But um, that's what they're, they want to do. They want to silence Christians. They want to silence that in any way, shape, or fashion. They want to, they want to promote non-theism. They want to pr promote non-belief is their goal and their purpose. And that is, you know, used to, uh, and I've said this before, Christians used to make a voice. They used to be loud. They used to be proud. They used to do marches. And I'm saying that Christians don't do that anymore, but you just, it doesn't seem to me like they're making as big a voice as they once did. In fact, uh, Lord willing, next year, I'm going to try to, I'm going to talk to Dad, I'm going to get some area churches uh, with this uh, Sanctity of Life uh, day that uh, Trump has put into place. Uh, Lord willing, next year, I want us to have a march through Johnson City uh, for uh, pro-life. I think that's something needed, and I think it'd be good for all Christians to do. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, the, the idea was entirely mine. I saw Mountain City where they've been doing that. I thought, why, why aren't we doing this right here in Johnson City? So I think that's something we can be praying about, Dad. I'm going to try to work on that. But anyway... Um, so, you know, did in the Old Testament, you know, some people want to say, well, God didn't promote a, um, a, a type of uh, freedom of religion, a type of uh, uh, liberty that we have now. Why is that? Well, we need to look at that context. In fact, if you look at um, uh, in the Old Testament, I think it's Deuteronomy, I want to say 33, uh, that, uh, of course, God said that he's the one true God. and He told them they, they only need to worship him. However... They still had a choice. See, he's trying to prevent them from falling after false gods, uh, marrying the, uh, the wicked and the evil people who are worshiping false gods. So that's why he put that in place. But they still had a choice. Just as in Luke 18, we still have a choice today to accept or reject Jesus Christ. We are not forced to accept him. See, you have those like with Islam that if you do not submit, then they're going to come after you hard to apostolize you. And, of course, they're, that's known as the religion of the sword for a reason. And which has got me kicked off of Facebook. Just by saying that, his religion of sorts got me kicked off of Facebook. But anyway, uh, you know, so 
nowhere is it seen that we are forced to believe. Now, there was in the Old Testament, in particular time and place in history, yes, it was a type of theocracy, again, because God was trying to lead the, the children of Israel in the right direction. But they still had a choice. They still had free will to uh, accept or reject what God was offering them. And, and that's one thing that we have as Christians is that even though uh, this is what God mandates, and even though the world has perverted what God has put into place, we still have that choice. And, we, and I think too many Christians are just not standing up and appreciating the true freedom of religion that we have here. And again, our, our country is founded on biblical principles, whether people agree with that or not. And so many want to throw out there these revisionists that, that this country was not a Christian nation. Now, I want you to look over here at um, um, Revelation 13.1. Revelation 13.1 real quick, if you may. Revelation 13.1. And Revelation 13.1 says, And I stood up, I stood up on the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, and having seven heads and ten horns upon his horns, ten crowns upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. All right? So really what we're looking at here in, in this verse in particular is a, as a uh, overstepping government or a beast state, if you will. And so, you know, we need to understand, you know, what, when, we, when it comes to fighting uh, religious, for religious liberty, where does the Christian stand? How do we, how do we fight against certain things uh, that is going on in our culture and in our environment? Because obviously what is popular in culture uh, I don't care whether it's same sex, whether it's pornography, whether it's uh, uh, extramarital affairs, whatever it may be, uh, is uh, anything contrary to the word of God, we need to stand up against. And so, you know, how do we do this exactly? Well, it's something that we have to pray for is for discernment and wisdom. We can look no further than James 5 for that. And, and we, you know, and if we ask for uh, wisdom, then Christ will give it to us liberally. And so, and so many Christians, they, they approach things uh, differently in different ways. Uh, there are some that uh, want to uh, retreat and, and just put their, their head in the proverbial sand and hoping that'll go away. Uh, there are those out there who uh, uh, just want to be um, uh, aggressive and they will be hostile to an opposing view. And, uh, and, I, and I think we see that a lot, particularly on social media, is this hostility. And, and I understand it. Trust me, I get it. Uh, in fact, I've gotten angry too. You see some of the comments and, and some of the things that are posted, it, it makes you pretty mad. But, we're not, but we need to make sure that we're always speaking the truth in love. That not, we're not retreating. That we're not being hostile. That uh, we're showing the love of Christ. Even though that people may spit on us, people may persecute us, people may hate us, we still show Jesus. Remember that even Jesus Christ was called a devil. All right. So if Jesus was called a devil, how much more are we going to be hated for what we believe and what we, what we understand? They even said that Jesus Christ was dangerous and if, and if people follow after him, then there's going to be a lot of, a lot of trouble. We have mixed feelings a lot of times. We, we are conflicted uh, in, uh, in what we should do uh, in this world because it just seems like we're on the, on the, on the cusp of how Rome was. You know, it, 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 it caved and imploded from within, the, the decay uh, from within, and it feels very much like that. And so we feel conflicted on where we need to stand on certain issues and where we need to be at. But the main thing is, is if, as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, as long as we make him the litmus test upon all things, judge all things by Christ, you're not going to go wrong. And it's not, it's not 
ungodly. It is not unloving to say that something is immoral, that something is wrong, that something is, is, is contrary to the word of God. Even though those in society try to say that, uh, you know, we, we are to be quiet and we're not to say anything or, or, we, are the, uh, uh, or we are the bigots. And that, uh, you know, of course, you know that all the names and we're not being tolerant of things. And, and when you look at that word tolerant, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an accepting uh, of a certain lifestyle or, or whatever it may be uh, without judgment or condemnation. But the thing of it is, we can uh, accept and love an individual, but we don't have to accept and uh, the, the sin that goes with that. You know, I don't care if it's gay or straight. You know, we can show love of Christ towards someone. We show compassion and empathy towards an individual, but we don't have to condone the sin or the action that they're, they're having. Uh, and, and that's the problem. It's tolerance for everyone else but for Christians. That, that's where we're at right now is that anything goes. But as long as you're a Christian, you need to be silent and shut up. And that's where we're going to start standing up and making that voice for Jesus Christ. See, there's too many uh, pastors out there who have allowed cultural uh, mores to seep into the pulpit that uh, allow uh, the things of the world to dictate what they should preach, what they shouldn't preach. They don't want to do anything to offend anybody. And, uh, and the, you know, the fact, I've told you this before, and it's, the truth of the matter is that the cross itself is offensive. And what we're going to preach out of God's word will be offensive. So we might as well just get that out of your head to begin with. That the whole point is to bring conviction, that will bring about repentance, to understand that there is a need for a Savior. That need is Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to save you from the pits of hell. But there's some pastors who preach too much about the pits of hell, and there's some who don't preach enough about it. And the fact of the matter is, there is a real heaven, and there is a real hell, but you have this, this push for non-theism, this push for non-belief. And, uh, and they want to rewrite history that our, this nation is not a Christian nation. Now, uh, was it founded was it, uh, on Christian principles, values? Yes. Does the world today reflect uh, that of Christian values? No, because every immoral thing goes. Uh, and and show the, the amount of perversion. Uh, now, the, the very essence of this country, uh, as far as giving and helping and doing, it shows a, an essence of, uh, of Christianity. And uh, our founding fathers, again, uh, had a basis of Christianity. You know, we, we, they come here to uh, run away from uh, persecution, religious. Some went to, uh, I think I want to say Sweden, uh, and they even faced persecution there, and, and they come here to America. And even during this time, in the 1760s and 1770s, that there were Baptists who were looked down upon, and they were jailed, and they were starved, uh, even here in our own country. We didn't always reflect a Christian attitude by the way we treated the Indians and how we treated other people. And so, you know, uh, we didn't always reflect those things. In fact, many of the Baptist pastors at the time who were being jailed uh, for their beliefs uh, appealed to people like James Madison and Thomas Jefferson and to, to, to change these things, which they eventually did. So we didn't always start out uh, as showing and portraying that of a Christian attitude uh, and that uh, we would always prefer and like, but nevertheless does not negate the fact that we were indeed founded on Christian principles. And so, uh, you know, so we, when we go to, to fight against these things, we go to stand against things like abortion and, and same-sex relationship, and, and, uh, and we're in that public square. We need to make sure that we're always portraying an attitude of Christ Jesus because... That's what they need. They need to see our compassion. They need to see our love. But they need to see our strength as well. That we are not condoning an action, but we're still showing love and appreciation to those individuals. We're showing that, uh, that even though they may be Muslim, 
They may be Hindu. They may be atheists. That we don't agree with what those uh, ideas and beliefs are. And we don't condone that. All right? See, we, you know, we have to pray about these things. Obviously, if we had a, uh, uh, a, a Wiccan service in a church, that would be bad. Right? You know? so, or if you had a... Um, uh, but if you was to bring a variety of um, uh, dishes at a uh, church get-together from different countries, that's not bad. All right? You see what I'm getting at? There's some things that are wrong or some things that are bad. And so we have to pray about those types of situations and how to relate to those things. You know, even with our, you know, if you look at, um, uh, with, with Islam, I was talking about, if you didn't submit, they're going to apostatize you. If you're in Hindu, and uh, it's going to be about karma. It's not about equal rights. It's through God. And of course, atheism don't show any equality. Doesn't show uh, uh, any type of moral standing. But no, it's not to say they, they all cannot live in the uh, together uh, in America. I'm not saying that at all. But when it comes to our constitution, when it comes to our government, the Christian values that are put in place shows equality, shows love, shows forgiveness. We see these things throughout our constitution. Even though there are people out there. In fact, I read a thing uh, this morning I thought was pretty good that um, uh, the uh, uh, that Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi received a package. They had called the police and got the bomb squad out there. They'd never seen nothing like it before. It's the Constitution because they'd never read it. So, but anyway, so, but, uh, so, but uh, they'd never read it. But anyway, I thought that was funny. So, and I was a, get a funny, get a little little giggle there. But. Uh, uh, we, uh, you know, the government, if it was to turn bad, if it was to go south, if it was to turn against us like never before, the one thing they can't take from us is our freedom in Christ Jesus. They can't take our love from Christ. They can't take our devotion to Jesus. They cannot take those things away from us. They cannot remove our citizenship from heaven. In fact, when I was reading that very thing, I couldn't help but think about uh, uh, stories I've read about uh, prisoners of war and, uh, and while they were locked up, that even though they were physically was locked up, their mind was not. I've read stories about how men would create a whole clock uh, just in their mind. They would build a clock, or they learned to play piano in their mind. Or, you know, because that's one thing that they, nobody can cage. That's one thing they cannot take away from you is your mind, your emotion, your spirit. They cannot take that away from you. And as Christians... They, the world may try to silence us, but they cannot impede. They cannot interfere. They cannot hold down our relationship with Jesus Christ. So even though they may call us names, they may abuse us, they may persecute us, they may, whatever it may be, they cannot touch our love for Jesus. To me, that's a wonderful thing. That no matter what the world may do, Christ still resides in me. And so the world wants to silence us. Why do you think there's such a push for socialism? Why do you think there's such a push for uh, because one step from socialism is communism. And if they can get that pushed through, then they can silence us. They would silence this very message this morning. They could silence anything that they find is contrary to their beliefs. And unless Christians start to stand up and start taking note and start speaking out, then these things are going to happen. You know, it's very interesting. If you look at it in a timeline, uh, you know, a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years. You've got to think it's only been two days in heaven since Christ left. You ever think about that? That our country, according to that timeline, is all about eight hours old. So forever, how long it may last. You know, I never thought about that until I was reading. I thought, you know, that does make a lot of sense. You know, according to Jesus, he's only been in heaven for two days. You know, kind of make me think of lying witch in the wardrobe. That all the time they sit inside there, they've grown up and, and became kings and queens. And they come back and only a few seconds have passed. And that's kind of like it is in heaven. You know, all this time has passed here. To them, it's only been a couple of days. 
But there's no doubt that our world is truly in, uh, spinning out of control. But I want you to look at another verse here. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Philippians 1, 27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So, when you see this here, uh, you know, we, we need to um, show respect to everyone. Even those who are in false belief, we need to show that respect. And, uh, and we get that from 1 Peter 2.17 to show honor to all. Now, now, with that said, it's not that we are um, showing uh, that we believe in these false beliefs. We're not caving to these false beliefs, but we still show honor and respect to all people. All right? You know, even, say, if I was out in public and I saw, you know, a Muslim and someone was being mean to them. Well, as a Christian, I still need to stand up and say, hey, you need to leave that person alone. That's what we need to do as Christians. Even though we don't agree with that religion, and even though what they believe is vile, we still have to stand up for what is right, and by doing so, showing Jesus Christ. See, that's one thing we've got to do, is not get mad, not get hostile when, it, when people are in disagreement with us. See, we need to have more of an open line of communication, which is hard to do because in today's world, I was, I was talking about snowflakes a minute ago, is the fact that nobody wants to have open dialogue anymore. If you speak an opposing view, then people freak out, they protest, they attack you, and there, there's no communication, there's, there's no, no talking anymore. But that's one thing we need to try to do is to have better communication and trying to make them understand the only way to heaven is Jesus Christ. See, that's what our jobs as Christians, as pastors, is to explain the love of Christ to anybody and everybody. Help them to show them the error of what their beliefs are. And again, as Luke 18 said, those, there will be those who will reject and those who uh, will accept. And so we can't force it on them. All we can do is plant that seed and pray that the Holy Spirit will water that seed. They'll come to know Jesus Christ before it's too late. That's all we can do as Christians. We can't force it on anybody. There's so many religions out there that it was by force. With Christianity, it was spread by word of mouth. And so that's why we have to stand true and stand strong to the things of Jesus Christ. And, and again, you know, we, we, we have to be careful with this word tolerance. And, uh, you know, one thing, of course, you know my biggest pet peeve in the world, I hate worse than anything when it comes to tolerance, is you shouldn't judge. I hate that. Man, I hate that. With a passion, I hate that. Well, my daddy said not to judge, and my granddaddy said not to judge, so I'm not going to judge. I, oh, man. I just want to just put my head to the computer screen when I see that. I'll be honest with you. We have to judge. If we didn't judge, the prisons would be empty. All right? We have to judge. We don't know between right and wrong. We have to make judgment. How can we determine if something is unbiblical if we don't make a judgment call? We are told to judge, and we to do it in a spiritual way, the same way we ourselves will be judged. Did you all know that we will judge the angels? So that when I see that, or if you have this belief, understand that is not correct. We are to make judgment calls. Is Jesus Christ the ultimate judge? Yes, but we are to make those judgment calls. Now, you know, again, 
And when we respond to those ideas that uh, uh, people try to say that Christianity is dangerous and that people of God are immoral, and we get we seem like we're seeing that more and more. Again, that's what Obama was trying to do with HR five was to squelch out Christianity, to incorporate cultural views, and to silence those who oppose those views, particularly when it comes to LGBTQ. Uh, ideas that uh, that we are uh, aggressive towards that, but the fact of the matter is not that we're aggressive towards that. They are accepted. They, I want them here in the church. Come on in. I don't care who it is, gay, straight, whatever, transgender. What? That's fine. Come in here, and because I want to have an opportunity to tell you about Jesus Christ, and I'm not trying to change you. I can send you to the one who can. All right, that's it. I don't care who you are in here. I can get you to the one who can make changes in your life because we're all in need of change. We're all failures, all right? There's none righteous, no, not one. There's nobody in here that's perfect. Every one of us fail. Every one of us mess up. But that true transformation, that sanctification, that regeneration only comes through Jesus Christ alone. And that's why we got to get people in the church. They, if they, we don't get them in the church, if all we do is pat everybody on the head and tell them they can justify their sins and everything's okay, there's no conviction. That's why we've got to get them in churches. And that's why pastors want to start standing up and telling the truth about the whole word of God. But the sad thing that is, you've got a lot of pastors out there who don't believe in the whole word of God. And I don't agree with women pastors. In fact, that's going to be my topic of discussion this evening. Is where it talks about women being silent in the church, what that means, all right? And then what, talking about women pastors. So you might want to come tonight and listen to that because I think we make for a good study, particularly in our woke society, all right? I think that make for a good teaching. But uh, uh, I'm not, well, I'll get into it tonight, but anyway, I don't want no women to get upset with me. I'm going to explain to you exactly what that means. They this already evening. are. Oh, you yeah, already are. Hey. Take a number and get lines. Only I don't tell you. See, hey, my mom's after me. My wife's after me. I mean, so, so, get in line. Kim Hensley's mean to me every day. So, but, uh, hey, that right, Kim? You better say yes. <laughs> Maybe you can. Better say yes. But, uh, when, uh, I lost the train of thought just for a second. But, again, as regards to being a taught society, all right. The main thing of it is, is that in, let's look at Acts five twenty four real quick. And I know I don't have it on a slide up there, but Acts five twenty four. Acts five verse twenty four. Acts five twenty four. And now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto would grow. So again, we need to be obedient to the things of Jesus Christ. We have to be obedient to what God wants. We cannot be swayed by the things of our culture and the things of our society. Culture and society will change, but God's word never changes. Thousands of years people have been trying to tear down and attack the Bible. Thousands of years people try to take, down, take away the deity of Jesus Christ. They've none of them have been successful. None of them have been able to do it. I do believe with all my heart that we're living in the last day. I do believe that. I, I, you can say, well, people have been saying that for thousands of years. Well, eventually it's going to happen, whether we see it in our generation or not. But I do believe we are, I mean, just how many earthquakes was there in Knoxville the other day? Was it like two, I think, this week? And then uh, I forgot where it was. I think there was another one. I forgot where it was at. But anyway, huh? 
Yeah. And so, um, um, with volcanoes, and I mean, just, well, even with this coronavirus going around, I mean, you know, which I, I wonder about that too, so I don't wonder if it's a biological warfare, no, I don't sound conspiratorial. But um, our world's imploding in a major way. And uh, now lies are told like truth. And even in Jesus' time, you know, you know, one thing God's were talking about, don't be shocked at these things, okay? Don't be shocked. He, he, Jesus tells us this. And even in Jesus' time, they were told to keep silent. Why do you think Paul was in prison? Why do you think uh, John was arrested? Why do you think all these things happened? Because the government wanted them to stay silent. The government wanted to quiet them. But instead, they kept preaching the whole word of God. They kept preaching the gospel. That's why the New Testament was written for those who would be and were being persecuted at the time. And so we need to stand true and stand strong and be bold in God's word. No matter who likes it, no matter who wants to listen to it, as long as we are bold and standing true to the word of God, we honor God. We must honor God before our government. And now, of course, God's word tells us to honor the government until it is contrary to the word of God. We need to always honor God first. As long as we're doing that, we'll stay on the right path. But we can't allow society to dictate what we say and do as a Christian, no matter who likes it. And they're trying harder and harder. Science. Look at all over the world. How many people have to meet in secret? How many people have to meet in basements? How many people are in prison right now because they would not deny Jesus Christ? And sometimes we need to ask ourselves, am I strong enough to stand boldly even if my life was at stake, my wife's life was at stake, our husband's life was at stake, our children's lives were at stake, grandchildren? Are you willing to make that fight and make that stand? That's what we're going to ask ourselves. So we might need to take our spiritual pulse from time to time and realize, figure out where we're at as if we're ready at the battle at hand. Jesus Christ is returning. He's returning soon. So I hope you'll make that change in your heart before it's too late. If you will stand, we will have a word of prayer. And uh, when I'm done praying, uh, Mr. Brown will be kind enough to uh, play the invitation. And uh, if you don't know Jesus Christ, Lord Savior, please go up here and talk to me. And if, um, uh, if you've got any, anything, any prayer concerns, feel free to come up as well. So let us pray. And Father, Lord, we just thank you. We love you and we praise you. Lord, help us uh, to stand strong uh, in our convictions as Christians. Let us always speak the truth in love. Let us not back down. Let us stand for what is right, for what is true, and for what is holy in your eyes. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Six o'clock. I think it's going to make for 
good lesson and study tonight. I hope you'll come back and join us. Let's bow our heads and close the prayer. Then, Father Lord, uh, we just praise your holy name. And Lord, I just pray that you be with each other person here today. That you lead, God, what you'll protect them. Keep them safe and well when we meet again. And Lord, I uh, just pray that you will help each and every one of us on our spiritual journey. So never let us continue to grow. Let us always reach and strive to have more of you, Lord Jesus. And let us let pray that you lead us, guide us, direct us in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God, have a good day.